0: chapter 20, John chapter 20, I'll be reading verse 1 to 18, we're using a pew Bible that can be found on page 1077, page 1077 in the pew Bible. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Thus far the reading of God's word made his blessing upon the preaching and teaching of it. On Good Friday, we heard a sermon on the death of our Passover lamb. And indeed, our Passover lamb was crucified at the altar, on the altar of the cross. He was sacrificed. The lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world was sacrificed on the altar of the cross. He was buried in a tomb near Jerusalem and we see that at the end of chapter 19 as we read on Friday evening when Joseph and Nicodemus took the body of Jesus and buried him in, or placed him in the tomb that Nicodemus, or Joseph of Arimathea owned and it was near the crucifixion site. Congregation of Christ, a dead Savior who remains in the grave is no Savior at all. Again, a dead Savior who has not been raised from the dead is no Savior at all. What we are doing here is foolish, empty, futile, dumb. But the Lamb of God who is crucified is now risen. That is the testimony of Scripture. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And in this resurrection narrative, according to John's Gospel, we have here an account of John focusing on one woman, Mary, whereas in other accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, we, we read about Mary and other women going With Mary Magdalene. But John is focused on this woman and the two disciples. And first we see the disciples arrive at an empty tomb. Where they see the evidence of the Lord's body. Not there. It's the first day of the week. It's Sunday and Mary goes to the tomb of her Lord. And they brought spices to the place of Jesus' burial to prepare the body. The woman wondered, who will move the stone from the tomb? For it was very large and heavy. Who will remove the stone from the tomb's entrance? And in Matthew's gospel, we read earlier from the call to worship that this large stone was moved by a great earthquake as an angel of the Lord descended upon the earth. So heaven quaked the earth and earth could not withstand the power of heaven to move the stone.
1: The earth could not contain or hold the Son of God and Son of Man.
0: And in Matthew's Gospel, we read also that the Roman soldiers were there guarding the tomb. And they were greatly afraid. And so you have multiple witnesses that see this miraculous sight. The Roman soldiers were like dead men at the powerful presence of these mighty angels. This mighty angel that came and moved the the stone using an earthquake, demonstrating the power of the Lord in this resurrection narrative. In John's Gospel, however, focusing on one woman, Mary Magdalene, and to to her surprise and dismay, she saw the stone being rolled away or having been rolled away. The text doesn't say that she stooped into the tomb to look. The text says that she runs to the disciples to tell them that the Lord's body has been taken, that someone took the Lord. We don't read until verse 11 that she stooped into the tomb. You see, in those days, those tombs were in a hillside, and it was a very small entrance with a large stone covering that entrance, and you had to stoop under it to get into this tomb into the burial site. But the text doesn't say she stooped down. She immediately and seemingly assumed that someone took the body of her Lord when she saw the stone rolled away. And so she takes a mad dash to the disciples. In verse 3, so Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. So they, too, go to the tomb. They, too, make a mad dash to the tomb. And John, the one whom Jesus loved, races to the tomb and beats Peter there. He looks into the tomb, but he doesn't go all the way in. Peter, when he catches up, he goes all the way into the tomb. And what does he see? He doesn't see the body of Jesus, but he does see linen cloths, burial grave clothes. These eyewitnesses bear witness to the absence of the Lord's body and the presence of grave clothes. And he find these grave clothes, cloths. What? They are folded up where the body of Jesus would have been laying. Interestingly, the word used here, the Greek word can also mean and is often more often translated, folded, or rolled up, rather. So we can translate this, the grave clothes were rolled up. Think of an ace bandage in the package when it's rolled up, and how do you bind up an ankle or an arm or part of the body? You take a rolled up ace bandage and you roll it around. That's how... They prepared bodies in those days. These grave clothes were rolled up and placed where Jesus lay. Would grave robbers or tomb robbers leave these behind? Would the enemies of Jesus, those authorities that hated him, would they take the body without the grave clothes? Would they take his body and bury him with the rest of the criminals, common criminals, leaving these cloths behind? Not only that, but
1: leaving them rolled up. <laughs>
0: Friends, congregation, these grave cloths or clothes are an indication of the Lord's triumph over the grave. But there needs to be more evidence. Where's the body? Where's the body of the Lord? And that's coming. We even read in Matthew's gospel that the Roman guards were greatly afraid when they went to the Jews and and told them all that had happened. And what the Jews do? They, they paid, him off, paid them off. Tell them that the, the Lord's disciples took them by night. And if the governor has anything to say, we'll vouch for you. Telling them that the disciples stole the body when you were asleep. Yeah, you really want the governor to hear that his own guards were falling asleep while they were keeping guard? Well, these guards took the money. There was an empty tomb when the disciples arrived at the tomb. And the result of the empty tomb resulted in faith for the disciple John as he arrived and stooped into the tomb. Look with me at verse 8. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. These disciples throughout the gospel had a weak, fledgling faith. Always having to be reminded of the scriptures that the Messiah must suffer and die and on the third day be raised from the dead. And it takes what is not seen in the tomb for John to come to realize that the Scripture is fulfilled in Jesus. And that which is not seen is the body of the Lord. The spiritual eyes of John were open, and he believed that Jesus is risen. He believed that because God opened his eyes to the truth of Scripture. Which Scripture is being referred to here? Not certain. Could it be all of Scripture or parts of Scripture? Could it be Psalm 16? For the Lord will not let his anointed one see decay. It was enough for John to see the empty tomb and believe Scripture's testimony concerning the resurrection of Christ, that Jesus indeed is raised. There's plenty of circumstantial evidence here concerning the resurrection of Jesus and to prove that he is raised from the dead the stone rolled away, the empty tomb, the linen and face cloths, angels. And it's important that eyewitnesses see with their very eyes these things occur. But they're not only eyewitnesses of these things, they're also eyewitnesses of Christ Himself. If somebody told you that a man who was dead and in a grave rose from the dead, you'd probably want to see evidence of that. But see, God is true to His own word. For something to be true, the law of God says by two or three witnesses. A fact or truth must be confirmed. And so God, by his grace and mercy, gives the disciples, gives these women eyewitnesses of the fact of the resurrection of Christ. Not only the stone rolled away, not only the gravecloths, not only the angels, but Christ himself. Christ himself, which comes later. And so the disciples go home, and for Mary, however, she remains deeply grieved and wondering, where is the body of my Lord? Where did they take him? And she remains dismayed and grief-stricken, for it's an abomination to take and desecrate a tomb. And so what happens in the course of this narrative, the risen Christ appears and comforts his disciple in grief. Is it not like the Lord to comfort us in our grief? Was it not like the Lord to comfort Mary in her grief? Because at verse 11 we have recorded here, which is the word of God, the infallible, inspired, true word of God, stating that Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept... She stooped to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. She sees two angels in white clothing, no mention of the linen cloths. Obviously, this appearance of these two angels are much more pronounced and glorious than looking at linen cloths for burial. And they're dressed in white. They're not in more clothing used for mourning like black. No, they're in white clothing, glorious, arrayed in white Signifying purity, joy, life, and celebration. Indeed, these angels ask her, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? And in the other gospels, we hear that they also ask her, this Jesus whom you're looking for, he is risen. He is not here. But John here focuses on Mary's encounter with the angels and the Lord himself. Because Jesus appears to her after the angels have said these things to her. She turns and she sees the Lord who appeared to her as she's anxiously searching for the body of the Lord Jesus. And he too asks her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Of course, Jesus knows the answer to those things. He knows.
1: But she supposes
0: Jesus to be the gardener and says, Sir, if you have carried him away, if you have carried his body away, tell me where you have laid him and I'll take him away. Perhaps the gardener will know where they took the body of the Lord. And one of the beautiful things of Scripture is recorded here.
1: Jesus. Said to her,
0: Mary, Miriam, when Jesus, the risen Christ, spoke her name, what happened? Mary. He made
1: himself known to her,
0: and she knew that before her very eyes was the body of her Lord alive. Where is the body of our Lord? He is risen, and Mary, I am before your very eyes, and I called you by name, and you heard my call. You see, when the shepherd calls our name, the sheep hear his voice, and they respond. We are not a number to Jesus. He knows your name, Christian. He knows you inside and out. He knows your deepest pains, your hurts, your grief. Mary was stricken with grief because of her Lord's crucifixion and death and burial. But Jesus will appear to her and has appeared to her and comforts her with his appearance. Calling her name. Her anxious fears turned to a glad trust and certainty in her Lord's resurrection. Her mourning was turned to great joy. All of the emotions and uncertainties that she felt were swallowed up. Swallowed up by the Lord's appearance when he called her by name, Mary. And what was her response when the Lord called her by name? She worshipped the Lord. She clung to him. She worshipped at the feet of the Savior. He is worshipped because He is Lord. He is the second person of the Holy Blessed Trinity. He is God incarnate. And Mary worships Him. And this Jesus is King. He has triumphed over the grave. The grave could not hold His life. The grave could not hold His body to see corruption. The grave was destroyed
1: by Jesus. And now, Christian,
0: as we bury loved ones in this life, we do not grieve and mourn as those who have no hope. We grieve and mourn as those who have hope because he has risen, knowing that the grave is a dormitory for the dead. That is, those who have died in the Lord, their physical bodies are in the grave, sleeping, which is a euphemism for resting, waiting until the day of resurrection. When just as Jesus was raised from the dead, being the first fruits of the dead, we too will be raised like him in his glorious body. The grave is destroyed. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Thanks be to God for the Lord Jesus Christ. By his resurrection, he destroyed death and sin and the grave. The risen Christ calls his people by name. We are not numbers to our good shepherd. He knows you intimately and personally. He knows you infinitely greater than you can know yourself, and you cannot hide from him. You cannot hide from him. You cannot run from him. Even if you don't believe in King Jesus, he knows you, and he is judge. And that's why the gospel calls to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, lest you Perish. He personally and lovingly comforts us in our sorrows because he is alive. God sent his son, they call him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Just because he lives. During a time of great danger and fear, Martin Luther wrote... In Latin, vivit, vivit, which means he lives, he lives. When you're in great sorrow and trial and anguish, remember he lives. He lives, he comforts us. How do you hear the voice of the risen Lord? Does he call your name audibly? Do we receive an audible voice from heaven? Or does He appear to us like He appeared to Mary and the disciples before His ascension? How do you and I hear His voice? Well, the risen Christ reveals Himself in His Word, the Bible. The Bible is the voice of Christ, the Word of God, the spirit, sword of the Spirit. And when we hear His Word, when we hear the Scriptures, we hear His voice, the body of the risen Christ is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. But by His Spirit, He is with us always, even to the end of the age. And it is the Spirit of God who convicts us of our sins. It is the Spirit who converts us to Christ. It is the Spirit that consecrates us or sets us apart for holy service in His kingdom. It's the Spirit that converts us from death to life, resurrection life. So when Jesus says, come to, to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls, that's Jesus' call to come to him in faith. How do you respond to that? Does a Spirit prick your heart and move you to come to Jesus? That's Jesus' voice to you, to come to him. Or when the Bible says that he is risen, he is risen, he is alive, Do you believe that? Because that's the voice of God speaking to us. It's a written word, an authoritative word. Do you believe that?
1: I don't know your hearts. I don't know your hearts.
0: Only God knows your hearts. Only God knows what you're thinking right now. Only God knows what you're thinking. What you believe. Jesus knows. What do you believe concerning the resurrection of Christ? It's not a symbolic resurrection. It's not a a resurrection that points to love being raised in our hearts. It's a literal bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Do you believe that? Because you will be surprised. You will be surprised how many people hear this message most of their lives. And we'll then say, was he really raised from the dead? You think I'm joking? I'm not. You think I'm using hyperbolic language, exaggeration? I'm not. Do you know this comfort of the risen Christ in your life? The one who calls you by name. The sheep hear his voice. And they listen. They follow him. Lastly, Jesus commissions his first eyewitness. Jesus said, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. The very first eyewitnesses of the risen Christ are women. Just look at the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke. And Jesus here commissioned Mary to testify of the resurrection of Christ to the, the 11 disciples and the rest of the disciples who are there present. Go and tell them that you have seen me. Go and tell them what you have heard so that they too can know that I am risen and that they too will see me and be my witnesses. By two or three witnesses, a fact or truth must be confirmed. Indeed, there are a multitude of witnesses, a multitude of eyewitnesses. And in the word of God, we have the record of a multitude of witnesses who have seen the resurrection of Christ. And not just the resurrection, but the entire work, earthly ministry of Jesus Go and tell the disciples that you have seen me and then the disciples by God's grace and spirit will go forth and tell the nations and we are the fruit of that, Christian. We are fruit of the the proclamation of the going forth and telling of the resurrected Christ because this gospel of the resurrected Christ was the message of the disciples in Acts in the early church and throughout human history that Jesus was crucified and raised on the third day. Without the resurrection of Christ, without the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, the death of Christ, our Passover lamb, has no significance and meaning. He would not be our Passover lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Our faith would be empty and meaningless. Moreover, the Old Testament scriptures would not have been fulfilled. The New Testament would be a fraudulent document filled with
1: lies and myths.
0: But indeed, Christ is raised from the dead and fulfilled all the law and the prophets and scriptures. His body did not undergo decay or corruption. Because he is risen, the Lamb of God has triumphed over the grave and death. Satan Satan suffered a severe and fatal blow. He has no power over you. He has no power over you and me. Because you belong to King Jesus. Because he is risen, he is the first fruits of those who will be raised from the dead in the last day. Because he is risen, we will be raised with him. Because he is risen, the disciples or followers of Christ are raised from a state of spiritual death to spiritual life. We have been raised with Christ, even now. Spiritually. And because he has risen, the Passover Lamb who was slain, is seated on the throne now. He is
1: seated on the throne and lives forevermore. Turn with me to Revelation. Revelation chapter one. Beginning at
0: verse 4, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you in peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before the, his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And then verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the death, the keys of death and Hades. Lastly, chapter 5. I want to close with these powerful words. As John wonders who will open
1: the scroll.
0: And they sang a new song, verse 9, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll, referring to the Lamb of God who was slain. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seal. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under under earth and in the sea, and all that is in them, saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. They worshipped the risen King, for he is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Let's pray. O Father in heaven, We thank you, O Lord, for the joy of your salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died and rose again, the one who was crucified for sinners, bearing the wrath of God and the penalty of our sin, becoming a curse for us, who was laid in the grave, buried, But on the third day, he rose victoriously from the dead, really, truly raised bodily from the dead. He was raised incorruptible, immortal, never to die again, and now sits in the heavenly places at your right hand. We have our flesh, our nature in heaven interceding for us, and we give you praise and adoration with a myriad of angels in heaven, giving glory to your name, we too come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, to praise your great name, King Jesus. Teach us daily, Lord, what it means to bend the knee to Christ, to give our hearts wholly to him. Teach us, O Lord, what it means that Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead, and all that means for us as Christians. And help us, O Lord, to walk in the newness of life that you grant to us in him. Oh, Father, we thank you that we can celebrate on this day and every day, every Lord's Day, the resurrection of Jesus.